Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast, where formally off-the-table topics take center stage so you can feel comfortable, confident, and free in your body. This podcast was born out of the desire to share the intimate and necessary conversations about one of the most ignored, abused, and suppressed areas of our bodies, our pelvises. Not sure where that is? Let's put a finger on it, shall we? I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, holistic pelvic physical therapist, womb worker, and educational speaker and advocate for all things pelvic health. My hope for this show is that it enlivens listeners like you to take steps towards healing your own relationship with your pelvic space holistically for fuller embodiment and a more loving human experience. So when you're ready, let's take a deep breath and dive right in. Welcome back to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, and today I have Becky Mendoza sharing her story about the impact that learning about her menstrual cycle had on her and how we together are shifting um, the future for our girls and young menstruators learning about their periods. And I wanted to share a little bit about Becky's background. So, She was born and raised by Cuban immigrant parents in Miami, Florida. 15 years ago, she made the decision to chase her own passions for surfing and the Southern California lifestyle and moved to Encinitas, California with a law degree and a master's in sports administration in hand. She's an action sports attorney. Whoa, so cool. And the founder of Action Sports Law Group, which is a law firm helping artists and professional action sports athletes pursue their dreams. She's also the co-founder of Changing Tides Foundation, which is how we met. And it's a nonprofit organization that empowers women to protect the planet and promotes inclusivity in the ocean and beyond. Most recently, super interesting fact about her is that she just launched Fascinated Mind, which is an AI consulting and education platform. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok about that. And yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing the feedback on this one, um, especially because luckily, as you'll hear, I invited Becky in to learn about her period with a few other people, a few other women. Uh, goodness, that was back in 2020 before everything happened. And since then, we've been working together and they've brought me in through Changing Tides Foundation into their one of their newest programs called Women's Outreach Mentorship Program, and that's shortened to WAMP. So you'll hear more about that. And yeah, I'm really, again, excited to have you listen to this. And um, Changing Tides holds a really special place in my heart because... I was born the day after Earth Day, and I feel a strong connection to Mother Earth, our oceans um, on this land that we live on, and, you know, we're so lucky to live where we live, and I've always wanted to be able to give back to the planet in more ways than just picking up trash, and so me working with Changing Tides Foundation on the WAMP program has helped me do that by impacting the way menstruators um, pick their menstrual products for an example. And yeah, can't wait to have you listen to this. So without further ado, here is Becky. 
Welcome everyone back to the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm sitting with my dear friend, Becky Mendoza. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so happy that you're here and you're get to, getting to share your magic and your story with everyone and all the work that you're doing for not just our community, but for the planet. It's just so incredible to be a part of and to witness you and all of that. Um, yeah, just pure magic. So um, just to share with the audience, because I know I'm going to share the bio beforehand, but um, Becky and I met at a Changing Tides Foundation uh, beach cleanup. And just so everyone also knows, my birthday is the day before Earth Day. So I've for the maybe past five or six years, I've done a beach cleanup kind of on my own. But then I realized after living in North County that Changing Tides already does like a an Earth Day beach cleanup. And I got really involved in that. And it's been like a beautiful journey to get to know everyone on the team and just spend more time with you guys. And um, yeah, Becky and I just had this friendship that's been building. And then when I uh, started working for Lululemon, I did an event called Period Truth. And maybe you can share first before we dive into what Period Truth was, I'd love for you to kind of paint a picture of Becky before we did that event, which was like a four week event, but um, yeah, paint the picture for everyone. Cause I know they know all the things just from the bio, but yeah. What was she doing? Like, what, what were you like? Well, before period truths, we were kind of right in the middle of COVID. Um, so going from being really actively traveling the world and doing this work with my nonprofit um, with changing tides foundation and um, just being very, very on the go to all of a sudden pausing, um, which was really uncomfortable and also probably very necessary for a lot of us. So, um, I think my journey when it comes to my body, um, you know, I was on the pill or some sort of contraception for a long time. And then I basically got off of it for a while and then got back on because I was having pretty bad period pain. And so I used it as a Band-Aid, um, but also wanted to kind of just be free of taking a pill every day or taking, a, you know, hormones every day. And so I started exploring what options there were to get off the pill where I wouldn't be re-exposing myself to this really awful monthly period pain. So I actually came across a book called Beyond the Pill. Um, and that was by Dr. Jolene Brighton. And that book really helped me see um, that there was a possibility for me to heal myself through the use of supplements and, you know, kind of preparing myself to get off the pill in a safe way that was going to support my health and, um, you know, keep me from falling into those, those bad, uh, you know, bad days of the month. And so, uh, I was very anxious about starting that journey. Um, I kind of primed myself based on the knowledge that I had learned in the books, but I'd literally never talked to anybody about this. And I kind of just started, um, yeah, I kind of just started doing what was recommended based on, you know, a quiz that I took that was part of the book yeah. and taking some supplements. Uh, and that was 
a really big gateway into me being able to start to transition off the pill. I think right around that time is when I realized the work that you did, because I knew you in that context of, you know, coming to Changing Tides cleanups, but I didn't really know what you did. Uh And so that was really uh, a serendipitous time, of course, to connect with you when I'm like in the midst of learning all this stuff and honestly very confused by a lot of it as well because there's not so much information or there wasn't at the time um and then yeah I was thrilled to get the invite to period truths and I'm not the type of person that's like a group like I don't do networking events like I don't you know I don't (laughs) usually like you know, I've never done like a retreat or anything like that. And so I remember getting the invite from you and I was like, I need to do this. Cause I remember actually, uh, you telling me about you reading the book and like making that decision in July at unique's book release party. Okay. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. I, I do. like vividly remember being yeah. up in the moose lodge. <laughs> and I'm like, let me talk to you about my period. Yeah. No. And I was like all about it. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. That's so funny. Yeah. So I, once I went through the period truths course, you introduced me to the book Woman Code, mm-hmm. which was the beginning of my education about cycle syncing and understanding that we have times in our monthly cycle that cater to certain activities and and not to certain activities and so I think the cycle syncing introduction was like a whole nother horizon for me um I was able to transition off the pill um through the use of supplements and uh had a pretty seamless kind of transition out which was a, such a blessing mm-hmm. and um and you really just released so much anxiety that I was holding and also taught me that I could be like hormone free and, and pain free yes so that was really magical but then yeah going into like all right I'm the type of person that I'm like once I learn something I'm like t- give me more like I wanted <laughs> I want to learn more um and so having that um period truths and creating that community with with a a group of, um, I can't remember, was it 15 women, 10 women? It was about 10 women. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so incredible. And we're talking about all these intimate details with these strangers. And it was just every week I looked forward to it. And uh, I remember even planning travel around it Mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't want to miss. It was, I believe it was five weeks and just really powerful and uh, was something that I didn't realize I needed uh, until I got it. And then what I learned from it and took from it, I use like every single day in my life. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for saying yes to it. Cause I think that is for a lot of women, um, but it's the hardest part to say yes. And then it's like, as soon as you do and you just show up, all of the stuff gets to happen for you. And it's, um, yeah, not just like saying yes to learning about your period, but even like being in a circle with women and sharing and being vulnerable, like that is challenging for a lot of people. Um, so I'm really grateful that you said yes at that point and showed up and then, yeah, it changed a lot of aspects of your life. Like, can you share, I guess, um, some of those things that shifted, maybe like top three things that shifted for you, like whether that was relationship work, 
like your lifestyle? Yeah. So I'm, I'm an incredibly active person. I, I have more hobbies than, than I should. <laughs> but don't say that. I, you know, <laughs> like, I, I could be a lot more productive work-wise <laughs> if I wasn't, you know, swimming in the ocean and surfing and going hiking in the mountains and doing all these things. But um, the biggest thing for me was being able to, once I was learning about, you know, the different phases of the cycle and, and the, I guess the fitness activities and the foods and the, you know, the kind of work things and the nutrition and all the things that, that kind of go with, um, go better with the different phases of our cycles. Once I started learning about that, the biggest thing that I could relate to was the fitness side of things. Mm -hmm. And I started looking back and realizing that every major injury that I could remember that I'd had happened on day one of my menstrual cycle. And yes. And so period day one is a day that now I take <laughs> for myself and I'm very in tuned on whether I say yes or no to something, especially doing something physical. Um, and sometimes I just, even if the waves are good, I'm just not going to surf on day one. Or if I am, I'm going to go somewhere where it's a little bit more forgiving and not so intense. Um, because I don't, and being injured sucks. And I feel like if I can work with the rhythms of my body and with the rhythms of my cycle and, um, just avoid, you know, avoid that, that kind of friction, why wouldn't I? So I think that I'm a very big proponent of knowledge is power. And so I think specifically the, the fitness side was the most obvious for me. Um, there were other things that you talked about, like, you know, like the luteal phase being like for organizing and like, you know, like filing nesting. papers and nesting and doing. And I really like then noticed that, you know, that's, that's very like in tune with how, with how my cycle's gone, where that's what I want to do. And sometimes I fight I, before I fought against it when I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, because I know I'm just like this is cool. And this is now I can plan around that. And I've talked to you about this before, but typically when I'm doing, you know, when I get asked to speak or to do a podcast or to do anything like that, I will schedule around my period now where I didn't before. And I find myself being right now. I'm like, at, I'm in my follicular phase Me too. Um, and, and getting to going towards the ovulatory phase. So I, you know, I definitely feel like my words are going to flow better and I'm going to be able to speak clearer. And that is not the way I feel on, you know, day one of my period or just right before my period. And so I try to avoid um, putting myself in situations where I need to use my brain more actively and translate that into verbs yeah. <laughs> and words because, yeah. um, because it just doesn't happen well. So now it's funny. I even in some of our meetings, we recently have been you know, holding some interviews at Changing Tides Foundation. And, and in the interviews, I start with, you know, I'm in my <laughs> menstrual phase. So apologies if the words are flowing. And so it's, it's just a great icebreaker because we should be able to normalize talking about these things. And that's kind of been like one of the biggest shifts, I think, for me with all of this, as far as being forward facing is normalizing talking about my period. Norma is talking about the phases of our periods and asking people, what phase are you in? And, you know, and just kind of making it okay to, to have the conversations instead of having it be this anomaly and like this really shameful and private and like, 
you know, thing. And yeah, for me, that's just been such a liberating thing is to be able to, to freely express myself around my, my cycle. A hundred percent. That is, I think one of the most fun aspects of like teaching and uh, sharing this work. It's like, it's not necessarily for the shock factor, but it's like, it is such a, a natural and beautiful thing that happens to us women as, um, you know, monthly. And it's like, it is an everyday thing that's happening. So like, why aren't we talking about it? You know? So that's really freaking cool that you're even expressing it in meetings and making that normal. Cause I think something else that's, I've been kind of just hearing, I guess, um, is like these companies are changing the way that they operate. If, especially if it's like a full woman led company, you know, yep. it's like, okay, you know that you're in this phase. So like, let's give you this task instead. And you can be in charge of this task because you're here in ovulation or you're here in follicular. And um, like, you can go take a rest if you are in your menstrual phase. And it's just really, really cool to see women like working like that and honoring that parts of their cycle. Yeah. I think also like, I mean, I work in action sports. I've, I've been working, I've been an athlete my whole life and then also working in sports and like, realizing that most women most female athletes don't have this information mm -hmm. and how empowering it could be for them to have this information not just for their own mental well-being but also for their physical and performance um and I remember I, I think it might have been you initially that told me that the U.S. women's soccer team cycle sinks and I thought that was just like the best thing ever and the results that came out of that I remember reading about it and the results that came out of that were like incredible. And it's like, yeah. why? Yeah, we we have to do a little bit more work to make accommodations. But if it's going to make for a better team. Yeah, I think there's something really incredibly powerful about that. And also like, you know, for women, sometimes we can feel like, oh, well, sometimes I go surf and I'm like, I, I forgot how to surf. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like I'm just not in sync today. I'm not. And the first thing now that comes to me when I'm having those moments is where am I? Where yeah. am I in my cycle? Yeah. It's like, it's, um, it's not an excuse, but it is more of a like compassion factor and then an understanding and an acceptance and appreciation then. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of the women's soccer team, they're playing like tonight, right. <laughs> While we're recording, we're recording this on a Wednesday and, um, yeah, that fact, actually the, um, the article that was sent to me was sent by me or to me from my, um, my former boss when I was working at an outpatient clinic and he's a guy and he knew I was like into this stuff because I hosted my very, very, very first workshop at the clinic. And, um, it was just like, yeah, saying that the U S women's soccer team actually attributed their world cup win, which was four years ago when they were playing to the fact that they cycle synced because, um, no players were injured. Like they were really facilitating their workouts and their recovery to whatever phase they were on. I think they might've at the time, I forget if it was the app fitter woman and fitter coach, but that way the coaches could see exactly where they were. And the players were open to sharing that information, whether or not they were on hormonal birth control and they just tailored it in this way. And it was so cool to hear them attribute it like that win, that big of a win, a championship win to um cycle syncing yeah and i feel like with some with a study like that or with like you know results like that yeah like that opens up 
the conversation to a greater audience, you know, and it's like, why aren't female surfers cycle sinking? Why aren't, you know, any, any sport that has, you know, menstruators in it, you know, like, why aren't we putting forth the, the little bit of effort to make sure that the programs and the types of workouts that you're doing and, you know, your fitness and nutrition and everything are, are synced up with where you are on your, on your monthly cycle. I mean, it's a no brainer to me. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we've always tried to force like a square hole to, into a circle <laughs> peg or whatever circle, whatever yes, the yes, saying yes. is, <laughs> yeah. but you know, and just do the thing. And that's, I mean, that I can say that from, from personal experience, that's always what caused, what caused my injuries. Right. It's it was missing. forcing myself to do something that I was like, I'm not feeling it today or I'm too, I'm tired today or, you know, and doing, doing something that I knew instinctively wasn't right for me in that moment, but doing it anyways. Mm -hmm. And now that I understand this web of hormones and cycle syncing and everything, it like all makes so much sense. And of course, in turn, like once we can make sense of things like that, like how empowering, like how now all of a sudden are we in control, Mm -hmm. right? Where we were just like, generally right we're a victim to our cycles like this is happening to us like all of a sudden we're saying like no let's take hold of this and let's work with it and do the thing so that we can be better functioning women (laughs) I mean in the end it's like if you you see women like this all the time right like we see it all the time in our society where women are just pushing 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 like especially in maybe a corporate space and they're not necessarily listening to their cycles some corporate corporations, like we mentioned, are changing that. Um, and especially abroad, you know, they're giving people menstrual leave um, when they need it. And ideally, though, it's like they're not leaving because they're in pain. They're leaving because they just need to rest. Right. And there's nothing wrong with rest. But it ends up being where not only are we not injured, we're not burning out. We're able to show up better for our communities, for our families, for ourselves, for our relationships, like you know, re- uh, romantic relationships, um, our kids, like it's, it's so huge. And, um, I think we are doing a, a fairly decent job, I'd say getting the information and knowledge out there, at least through changing ties foundation. And yeah, I mean, I think with educators like yourself and more and more, we're seeing it on social media where these conversations are becoming normalized and, it's opening a bigger door into, you know, how like all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're talking about cycle syncing and we're talking about normalizing periods. And when we talk about things like this, then we can also talk about like, okay, what effect are we as women having on the planet, right? Every month when we menstruate and what are ways that we can, you know, mitigate that and reduce our waste. And, and so, and those are like, I mean, that conversation I feel like is all like, it, it's a spinoff of normalizing the topic of conversation because yeah. if you don't talk about the bigger thing you won't talk about the ancillary things that don't seem as important mm-hmm. but are really you know can become a major problem right and so and also everything like around period shame and we see that and you know changing tides do, used to do a lot of work in foreign countries and you know we see like girls having to stay home from school or not having the proper products or you know, this shame around, you know, going in public and going to school or going to work and, and being on your, on your period. And, you know, it's, you know, we're obviously very privileged here in the United States to have, you know, to have access to all these things, but 
in some of the places we worked before, that's not been the case. And, and so I think breaking that cycle of shame, you know, in a, in a global sense and in a, in a bigger, like where people like yourself, you know, educating on this topic on socials, I think is so incredibly important because it just, it starts, it's like a, the gateway drug. You're just like, mm-hmm. oh, I heard about this one thing on TikTok or whatever. And like, all of a sudden you're like, all right, let me dig a little deeper or let me ask somebody or share this with somebody or ask my mom about it or, you know, yeah. so Oh, yeah. Thank you for the work that you're doing <laughs> in like normalizing all these and really funny, your really funny videos and everything that you've done. <laughs> you put, your your boyfriend is a, is a gem. He absolutely he is, is a great gem. stand in. Um, but I think that adding comedy and adding a sense of just almost like a casual tone to all of it. And I don't know, I think that that's so helpful in getting people to feel like they could relate to it. Right. I feel like especially if you're talking to teenagers, I don't know, it's just been it's been interesting to to navigate that, you know, because obviously talking to someone like our age is you're going to speak to it differently. And um, it's been a really fun um, I wouldn't even say like a challenge, but it's a really cool opportunity to shift the languaging even and like what even is like age appropriate. Like I've had to really think about that too, depending on the group that we're working with in uh, the Women's Outreach Mentorship Program, otherwise known as WOMP. Um, But yeah, we have like younger teenagers, you know, maybe some that aren't even menstruating up to like what, 19. Um, And so like that split group, whenever we get that opportunity, it's like, it's a different approach. And I think humor and just making it really um, relatable. Like it has to be relatable, you know? Totally. So I think, so just to kind of do a little a little recap. So Changing Tides Foundation has a, a program called the Women's Outreach Mentorship Program, WAMP. And Brittany is one of our educators. She's our menstrual health educator, which ends up being session and session again. It's everybody's favorite talk. But the way we structured the program um, was you know, the spring and fall terms are seven weeks and we're working with 12 to 15 year old girls typically. So it's a younger age group in the summertime. We're working with 16 to 19 year olds. And the most intentional reason we did that was specific to talking about periods and talking about reproductive health, because the 12 year olds aren't going to be able to relate to the 19 year olds. So we wanted to split it a bit so that we could have those different perspectives. And you've done a great job at, at understanding that age appropriateness, you know, um, you. and and really explaining things to the girls and making it like, I don't, it's just so amazing to me when you're speaking about this to watch everybody else, like the little light bulbs that turn on and, you know, the questions that come out of these sessions and just how vulnerable the girls end up being by asking questions and talking about these things where, we weren't doing that when we were kids. Like that was not normal. Like it was, I never would have sat in a period circle. You know what I mean? In my teenage years. So the fact that we have the opportunity and that was a priority after meeting you, seriously, this, that was worked into our curriculum, the WOM curriculum, because of the importance of having this knowledge from such an early age. So we're giving this information that I didn't learn until I was 37 years old Mm. or 38 years old to kids that are in their early teens just starting to menstruate right so it's like they can go through their menstrual life already having an understanding of what's happening to their bodies instead of just kind of being like crap I have my period and I have cramps and this is just a thing that happens every month and like 
you know, it's just, it's just sucks. Right. And so now it's like this opportunity to have a broader conversation to say, like, it doesn't have to suck. Right. We can, we can work our lives and build our lives around, like making sure we're taking care of us first, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having the, the period truths and the period talks and the menstrual education at the center of it, I think for our girls, it's a real life-changing experience. Like that is, I think the biggest takeaway aside from, so basically WAMP, we use surfing in the ocean as a tool for empowerment and environmental education. Um, and the, basically every week we have a different guest speaker that comes and educates on a specific topic. And we've done, you know, surf therapy and body positivity, you know, obviously our menstrual health is, like I said, it's, it's probably the most impactful part of WAMP. I don't know about you, but this season has been a complete shakedown and reminder for me to live truly in alignment as best as I can. And the best way I'm able to do this is through cycle syncing. So I wanted to pop in here and remind you that there are plenty of ways to get started. You can always buy the book Woman Code to begin this journey like I did. The link is in the show notes. But also, you can get my cycle syncing cheat sheets, which include how to sync your nutrition, movement, creativity for business or school, and your sex, relationships, and fertility. And for the listeners of this podcast, I'm going to give you $25 off these beautiful and perfect-to-print cheat sheets, and I'll be donating $25 to Changing Tides Foundation to whoever uses the code CHANGINGTIDES25 at checkout. On top of that, Moonlit Muse is another guide that I made for cycle syncing your rituals for free. You can stop being overwhelmed with all the things you quote-unquote have to do to stay present in your body and distill your rituals to the essence they're meant to honor, your natural ebbs and flows. All the links are in the show notes so you can get started living in tune with your moon today. And now, back to the episode. So, I mean, and I love watching you come and do your thing. And like, I, I just, I feel like I almost chime in in a different way every time. And I love that. I love that. Like, I think it's, it is really fun to be a part of it and have been a part of it from the very beginning to then see like, yeah, the different group of girls and see how they relate to the content and the content always shifts a little bit, but there are always like a couple of nuggets that we want to like, make sure that they walk away with knowing like just what the four phases are, what they might experience and how they can like support their cycle and use the product that works well for them, whether that's a menstrual care product or even a birth control product, um, and at least having the exposure. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it is incredible because every single time, like these girls are just blowing my mind with the questions or the insights or, um, yeah, just their curiosity that does get peaked. And I, I am so curious, like what's going to happen, you know, 30 years from now or whatever, not even 30 years, but maybe like 20 years from now, 10 years from now, like what that kind of impact is going to make on their lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'm just fingers crossed and waiting, you know what I mean? (laughs) I hope, I hope we get to see that. And, and I mean, I know that it's, that it's impacting them, which is really cool. And, and we, we do run post program surveys and that's where we're getting this information. I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, like, yeah, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. (laughs) You're fine. You're good. Um, So yeah. And I think, um, the other cool thing is we are all in different, we're all continually evolving, right? Yeah. And so where we are in our phases are continually evolving, right? So we're talking to these girls that are just 
you know, starting to have their period. And then we're talking to the older girls that are maybe just starting to have sex and like starting to take birth control. And so, you know, or, or try and figure out what options they have for, you know, for birth control. And then we're going into like, when you look at women in their late twenties, early thirties, they're looking at reproductive health and like, well, how can I have my, you know, baby? And some women are dealing with IVF and infertility. And then you're moving into the later phase, which is kind of where I'm at now. Um, I'm 42 years old and I only recently started learning about perimenopause. Mm -hmm. Um, realizing that I'm potentially in perimenopause right now, um, things have changed and it's really cool. Like when you're able to see, like for me, it's looking back and I didn't have a period tracker when I was younger and I didn't have, you know, we didn't have all these apps and stuff that you have now the information so accessible to be able to track, like how much did I bleed? Did I have a headache? You know, like all these, these different things that, that we go through as women or, or our moods or anything like that. So now going into this next phase of my life, it's like, there's still so much more to learn. Mm. And now I feel like I'm like, okay, now the education is like more so about like what happens when your hormones start to taper, you know, when, what are the changes that I'm going to see in my body? What are the changes I'm going to see in my hair, in my, maybe in my body odor, maybe in, you know, like, um, sweating you know like I say like now I know that I'm gonna get I used to have a very consistent 28 day cycle and within the last year or two my cycle's gotten shorter and it's very difficult for me to tell like when I'm gonna get my period now Mm -hmm. before it was just like I know on the 28th day and now it's just like well it's a crapshoot you never Mm -hmm. know when it's coming and so now I know you know if if I sweat through my sheets two days before, you know, that I'm going to get my period within the next 24 to 48 hours, yeah. that's my indicator. And that's something new. So then it's, it's, there's so much more like new things to learn as you go into this next phase. So it's like, as women, this education is so important and it never stops, right? Because there's so much to continue to learn based on where you are in your life. Yes, exactly. It's like, once you enter your quote unquote, reproductive years or menstruating years, it's like, it does change. Each month is different. And yes, like you can be lucky and have a really beautiful, regular cycle for years at a time. And then all of a sudden you turn 33, like I did this year. And I don't know what my cycle is doing, but it's like, I appreciate you sharing about yours because mine's been flip-flopping a little bit going from like 29 day cycle to 24 day cycle. And it's been every other, since I turned 33. So it's only been like two or three months or three months since then, but it's been weird to watch like, okay. Yeah. Like all these new, new kinds of cycles are happening. Yeah. The changes, like being able to monitor those changes and be like, okay, what's going on. And then, and then also checking in with yourself, right? Like, for example, when I got off the pill, you know, my regimen for supplements was like, you know, my B complex and I had my magnesium and I had my fish oils and I had, you know, all these different things. And now it's like, okay, well, going into a perimenopausal phase, which by the way, I mean, I didn't realize, but there's no test for perimenopause, right? You can test for menopause, but there's no test for perimenopause and perimenopause can be like, a, you can be a perimenopause for like 10 years. Yep. Right. So before menopause. So, you know, and this is all like, I'm learning this on TikTok sister. So like, (laughs) you know, like I'm, I'm like following this particular educator, this woman who's specific to, you know, menstrual, or like end of menstrual cycle health and perimenopause and normalizing those things as well. And she have glasses. 
yeah what is it doctor is she it mary the galveston diet oh it's like her yes i can't remember her name it's okay we'll find it and we'll plug it into the show notes. yeah she's i really like i'm honestly before i started watching her that's the she's the only reason i know i'm in perimenopause <sighs> like because the symptoms she gave she's yeah. like here are the symptoms that you're feeling and this is normal and like hormone therapy can be normal and like i'm not there yet but now looking at like okay well this supplement regimen that I had was working for me for this era of my life, but now I'm in a different era of my life. Yeah. And like finding that balance of like, what's going to be the right, you know, cocktail of, of things that I need to be giving to my body to like, make sure that I'm supporting my reproductive system and my menstrual health and everything yeah. so that I can continue to feel empowered through my forties and into my fifties, you know? Yes. Yes. It's almost just like nourishing that segue into this other phase of your life, which I think can, I mean, my mom shared that her journey to menopause was actually pretty easy. So she says, I'm like, cool. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she said her, her process was fairly easy. And I think that's another, um, maybe truth for some people like it can be easy or it can be easeful um if you choose to like acknowledge it support it and keep nourishing your body in the ways that it's looking for and sometimes that does take a little bit of detective work and i'm so glad that you have this resource that you're using and and you know playing with it a little bit cuz that's also the fun too right it's like i mean life is just going to life and you know not everything is going to be so easy and square and all of that. So kind of juggling what you're using as rituals or as supplements in your life, I think is super important to think about. Yeah. And I think also like incorporating the dietary stuff, which I think for me is challenging. Mm. I, my husband's a chef. And so I'm just going to start with that. So I've gained, <laughs> I've gained some weight since he and I started dating, but also it's just like, you know, when, when you look at cycle syncing and the education behind like the types of foods you should be feeding your body, I have not complied. Ah. So there's like, you know, this, this is all like a, a practice of progress over perfection. Right. Yes. And so, you know, for me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking at a food chart and being like, I'm supposed to be eating this. And I know that if I was, and every time I see your posts and your stories of like where you are and what you're eating, I'm like, I should do this next uh, month. Like I should be paying attention to this, you know? And it's just, it's not the thing that, that is super duper relatable to me, but I know that if I went that extra mile and did that thing, it would support, yes. it would support me better. You yeah, know? totally. And I mean, I get that because I mean, I just posted about this pretty recently, but like James and I just moved into uh, this house 10, 11 months ago now. And I also have gained weight and it's like also been indicated though, through like my bowel movements, they're not the same. They're just not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've had to like look back and realize, oh yeah, my eating has not been like, it's been eating whatever he makes or whatever, like his cravings are too, yeah. you know? And so it is hard. Like it's hard to balance that. And I think the easiest way that I've kind of made my own little shift is just like, okay, what's, what's like one thing that we can change like per cycle or sorry, per phase, um, whether that's just like a switch out of one food or adding in one food ingredient, because otherwise it like, it can be really overwhelming and you're like redoing everyone else's meals and diets. And it's not like you want to be able to, you don't want to have to create three or four separate meals, like for everyone in the family, right. Or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Creating two separate meals, even for us would be really challenging and it's not 
realistic. So totally. I like the, I like the thought of like, start simple. I definitely, <laughs> I need to just start, um, but it's the whole start simple thing. Cause I think, you know, the good thing about my husband is he, he cooks for us plenty. He just, because he makes so many decisions cooking for his clients, he doesn't want to make the decisions for us. So if I tell him, here are the ingredients I have for us for dinner tonight, he'll make whatever I ask. Yeah. But typically I'm just like, oh, we have, you know, you know, a piece of fish and some Brussels sprouts, like, and that's what we make. And he makes them delicious, but of course. so it's, it would just take a little bit of effort on my part, but thank you for the reminder. And I, I feel like that's, that's a really nice and easy, not overwhelming way to look at it is like, all right, let's try and introduce one like cycle sink supporting food each phase. Yeah. And so I'm going to take you up on that. Please do. And let me know how it goes. I mean, yeah, our simple one was like, we were eating and granted, like he is a creature of habit and it is like easy to just like know what to make. Cause it's good. It's filling. He, he doesn't eat lunch. So it's like, it has to be something really protein and carb heavy. So before we were just doing these like pretty elaborate breakfast sandwiches, um, with really amazing like buns, but the gluten-free ones, uh, we weren't doing, um, cause there was this like local brand Hikado. I don't know if you know, know them. Yeah. Okay so delicious but we were doing that every day and we were eating bacon every day and yes that's all very delicious and I was like okay the one swap I'm gonna do is like I'm not gonna do bacon you can do bacon and I want sweet potatoes like instead and it kind of just started with the luteal phase but since it's just like so delicious and easy I haven't gotten sick of it yet it's like that is like fresh food I'm getting a lot of like other ingredients in there um and just having more of like a scramble I guess Yeah. I think the other thing too, is like just getting into getting out of like, if we, if we have bad habits or if we've created new bad habits, whatever that means, like new habits that aren't serving us or new habits that aren't making our digestion feel great. Cause that's a huge indicator of like, Hey, my, my body. And I love to be like, Oh, shut up. And just (laughs) keep feeling like shit, you know? But you know, I think, um, when, when we listen to our digestion and that's like the whole other thing that tells you so much about, you know, when we listen to our digestion, um, and we're able to, to kind of like say, okay, well, I'm going to break the pattern. I think that's the hardest thing to do is like, yeah. okay, well, I'm so used to having this thing. And like, now that's what I crave. But like, if we stop, like if I have chocolate every day, I want chocolate every day, mm-hmm. but if I don't have chocolate for a week, I can have chocolate once a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I could do it once a week where it doesn't have to be every single day. So it's like, we build up these, like, just, I don't know. I don't even know how we got into this food combo, but I feel like <laughs> once if I did, if I did like one delicious curry, I'd want more delicious curry, yes. you know? So that's yes. kind of the point I'm getting at. Totally. Totally. It like, yeah. Speaking of just like breaking the patterns, that is probably the one challenge I'm going through right now to myself. Just, I want, I want, well, yeah, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole at all, but yeah. Need to I'm stop sure watching TV. Can relate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like too much Netflix. Go read a book. Go outside. It's summer. Oh my god, that too. That too. Yeah. So I think um, the when it comes to you know going outside and being outside and everything, I think um, I'll talk about this just briefly because it's coming up. But I'm I'm going to do a section. I was going to do the entire John Muir Trail. Um, which is a 211 mile hike in the Sierras. It's uh it's a, an aggressive um, challenge. And I've been, it's a bucket list item for me. I've been planning for years. Uh, this year we had the highest snowfall year on record. So (laughs) there's too much snow up there. There's broken bridges, there's avalanche debris. Like there's a lot of hazards right now. So I'm only going to do a section of it. And 
my biggest anxiety right now is that day one, I'm predicting because it's unpredictable, right? Right. So I'm predicting right now that based on the patterns of the last few months, that I'm going to be either at day one or close to day one of my period to start this very intense hike where I will be hiking with a very heavy pack and I will need the full use of my legs. Mm. And this is not what I planned, right? Because my period has been so irregular that I never would have planned for a start date to land, to coincide with, with day one of my menstrual cycle. So I have a bit of anxiety about that. Also like really interesting stuff that most people don't think about is like, you know, your waist on the trail, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I use, uh, I'll, I'll share. I use a reusable disc. I've talked to you about this before. Um, I'm going for a very, very low pack weight. So that will cater perfectly. Um, I wasn't planning on come on coming on the trip with period panties, <laughs> yeah. um, which, you know, I don't think they're probably great for hiking, but I'm going to take a pair anyways, because that's just what I'm comfortable with. Like, is that combination? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, just it, to me, that's on my mind. And I'm fortunate to be part of this really cool Facebook group called ladies of the JMT, where it's, people are very open about the, the period questions people are it's talking reality. about, you know, all women are dealing with this or most women, there's some women that are in their menopausal phase, but or, you know, that are past menopause that, that don't have to worry about it and brag about not having to worry about it. But most of the women in the group have to consider that. And so it's been really cool to have that sort of community that's female centric, that caters to answering questions, difficult questions that are, that are women specific, um, that have really helped to support, you know, my decision. Like, for example, like I have, my bidet. <laughs> so I'm not taking toilet paper. I'm taking a bidet and a pee rag. And that's kind of how I've hiked for a while. And it works really well for me. So I use like a little hair dye bottle and I have like a little tiny strip of soap that they sell at REI. And you just put that in the bottle and like give it a shake with water. And all of a sudden it's a little soapy rinse. Oh, so you can kind of just like clean up real quick. It's just a squirt. And then you just wipe yourself clean and then you're all good to go. So, um, you know, little things like this that most people don't think about. But I've never thought about that before. Yeah. So, never so, so many day. of my thoughts about this hike have centered around how is it going to be for my period? There's so much planning that has to be like, I have to send myself resupplies for food. Mm. I have to, you know, constantly be monitoring my pack weight. You know, you're going as light as possible because you're carrying all that. Um, and so anyways, just a really interesting take on a particular outdoor activity. Obviously I talked about surfing before and the activity too of surfing. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm surfing on my period too, my disc, I I'm really a big fan, a a big proponent of the reusable disc. Um, and I feel really like safe and secure when I'm surfing on my period, uh, not day one so much, but on the rest of the days with just, you know, with just my disc that I'm going to, you know, not, you know, make a mess and everything's going to be nice and clean and we're not going to have to worry about sharks and all the things. So, um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Like the, you know, aside from the cycle sinking side of things is like the actual practical application of like, of like having your period, you know, being in day two, day three, whatever, you know, and, and doing sports and activities. And, and for me, I try not to like allow this to dictate, you know, it's like, 
like you said, it's not, not an excuse, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, well, how can I, how can I like make sure that I'm supporting my body? And then also like being very hygienic and, totally. you know, and all, and feeling like I'm comfortable and confident and I'm not going to embarrass, you know, be embarrassed or anything because I leak through or something or stain something or whatever. So totally. um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you bring that up too. And just the fact that you're going to be potentially day one moving into the, um, the hike and something I just want people to like realize and recognize. And even for you, right. It's like your normal for day one might be someone else's like day 14. Right. So like, because you've been training for this so hard, I have like no anxiety about you starting this. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like being realistic and being like, um, I guess it's almost like just with the ocean too, right? Like she's so powerful and mother nature is pretty wild sometimes, but I feel like even just recognizing that like within yourself, that wildness, that mother nature within you of like the unpredictable um, period and when that's going to start, like, I feel like even you just having that awareness and having trained for it Mm -hmm. in respect for what it is is going to be, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I, I feel that too. And I've given myself the option, right? So I have two, two plans for day one. Cool. I have a 12 mile plan or I have a six mile plan Ah. and I'm going to, you know, based on, on whatever ends up happening, you know, whether I I am on day one or maybe I'm on day two and I feel like I can go a little further because there's like designated spots where you can and can't camp it when you start in Yosemite. So my hike starts in the, in the Valley of Yosemite so it's a pretty aggressive climb on the way out, like on the way into the hike, you're climbing. Like if I went the full 13 miles or 12 miles, I'd be going up like 5,000 feet, Holy. which is all, that's a lot for, by anybody's standards and add a 50 pound pack on my back. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's a lot. So I am giving, I am planning ahead and, and, you know, making sure that I have those contingencies for, if that's my situation, I'm not going to push past something because I don't want to ruin my hike. Right. You know, I want to be safe and I want to make sure that I'm not rolling an ankle or like falling over or like doing something that's going to take me off the trail and, and, or, you know, compromise my safety. Right. Absolutely. No, I think that's huge. And I think that's a, just another piece, right? Everyone, when you track your cycle, you get to do this kind of planning and you get to have backup plans. And it's, it's so much more alleviating, I guess. And empowering, right? To be able to know that this could be a potential and it's like, okay, we've got a plan. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the plan part is like, well, so I, I personally like can't stress for me the, I guess the gravity of difference that having this knowledge and information has made in my life, I'm so late to the game, I feel like, but I'm so grateful that right it's never time, too late. Yeah. It's never too late to, to learn this information of anything. It's put me on this like really amazing journey and mission to make sure that as many girls as possible can learn about this as early as possible in their lives. And I, I mean, I talk about this all the time with all the way that you don't get a choice. If you meet me, you're probably going to, you know, I mean, with Brittany, it's like, this is her profession. (laughs) Like, this is just something for me that has been such a game changer that I can't help but feel really passionate in talking about it and wanting to make sure that more women feel like, feel empowered and more women feel in control of, or at least some semblance of control, you know, uh, over their own anatomy. Yeah. Agreed. 
Agreed. I'm so grateful for your energy and your passion and your invitation like time and time again to just serve our girls and our community in the ways that we do. So thank you so much for being here. How can people like reach out to you or connect with you if they have questions about your story or like even the trail, the hike, all the things? So the best way for me is Action Sports Law on Instagram. It's at Action Sports Law. Um, I think, yeah, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, I mean, Changing Tides Foundation is a great way to learn about the important work that we've done and, and learn, support it. Support it for sure. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, learn about the amazing volunteers like Brittany and the other educators and our team that have been the ones actually doing the work. Um, and yeah, I think those are the best two ways I'm like now don't even get me started on the AI rabbit hole. I've gone down that. I won't talk about that today. I'm like <laughs> a serial entrepreneur and I can't help myself. I so that. I see the next phase of my life being in that direction, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm also an attorney. I'm an action sports lawyer, like I mentioned before. So, um, it's, I think everything I've chosen to do in my life has been around, helping people pursue their passions. And I've been so fortunate to be able to do that. And I want to continue to help individuals of all, you know, all over the place, not just with changing tides or with the athletes that I work with, um, but really helping people understand that if they pursue their passions, step into the fears mm -hmm. that the whole world will be a better place because everybody will be happier. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and putting your finger on the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm Brittany Ellers. The music for this podcast was created by Justek. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts by hitting the subscribe button and share it with your loved ones if you found the episode helpful. If you haven't checked out my free womb medicine meditations or phasic community, click the link in the show notes. The meditations and community boards are the perfect place to begin or broaden your connection to your pelvic health, no matter what stage in life you're in. I'd be honored to support you along your journey.